This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by the Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to thebeanbastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to the Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BREW and get 10% off your total order. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is the legendary D. Fucking Snyder. Goddamn. D. Snyder on the podcast. Uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock for the last probably 40 years or so and don't know who the fuck D. Snyder is, I don't know how to help you with that. <laughs> but D has a new album out now, as of when you're hearing this, called Leave a Scar, out via Napalm Records. Uh, you will hear me say it was out via Nuclear Blast Records. Uh, there's pre-orders all over the place, uh, so it's kind of hard sometimes when you see uh, where a record is being you know, able to be bought, and you're like, oh, it must be through that. So I still actually don't know if it's just because Nuclear Blast has the distribution for it, maybe overseas or not, but officially it's out through Napalm Records, so... There's that. Go pick it up. It is a great fucking record if you haven't listened to it already. I mean, how did you miss the legendary Corpse Grinder in D. Snyder doing the song that broke the internet for about a day and a half? <laughs> but this was a really fun chat. D. is someone that I've, I've been trying to get on the show for a while. Uh, he actually had appeared out at the first uh, Astronomicon, which is a Twisted's... Uh, convention you know horror kind of comics music convention that they do here in michigan and d was a guest at the first one and you know i tried to get him on but he was just too busy uh you know meet meeting hands shaking babies you know what is it how does that old saying go shaking hands shaking babies and kissing hands or something like that uh <laughs> but it was definitely one of those where uh, i've been trying to get him on for a while then obviously you know being a fan of the josta podcast and you know hearing jamie basically pitch uh, what would become uh, for the Love of Metal album and D kind of doing a heavier metal record. And, you know, I try to get him on then because it's it's really inspiring just D's story of just never giving up. And I mean, the guy who, you know, we're not going to take it and, you know, all those kind of things like where it's like 
he's just always stood up in the face of adversity. I mean, he is so unapologetically himself, and, and sometimes that does get him into trouble, uh, as you sometimes see some of the headlines that Diaz made over the years and so forth, and, and uh, just kind of how divisive that can be at times. But Diaz is just one of those people that, you know, for someone who has you know, talked on this show, even going back to, you know, some of the episodes over the 300 episodes we've done where it's like, you know, I've talked about pivoting sometimes, like if this isn't working, pivot a little bit and then try to find your way and, but don't give up just, you know, sometimes maybe the avenue you're going down isn't the way that it's going to work out for you, but if you pivot and you might find a, a new direction. So when Twisted Sister wasn't really working for D, you know, he kind of pivoted and started doing radio and voiceover work and it, and it wasn't successful right away. He had to fucking work at it. But he found success because he didn't give up. And that's that's something I've always admired about D is just his willingness to just persevere through real fucking tough times. Uh, and like I said, just being unapologetically himself, not being afraid to speak out uh, and, and vocalize how he feels about a wide array of topics. Um, the last few days as of when I'm recording this, you know, D's been very vocal about, you know, his his grandkids and family getting uh, COVID from going to Disney World and that they're not, in fact, uh, doing what they say they're going to do uh, as far as, you know, the protocols that they have in place. And it's been, you know, really cool to just kind of see someone still not being afraid to be outspoken. You know, the same person that stood up for, for musicians' rights, you know, against, you know, being censored and so forth. D is still that fucking person speaking for everybody. You know, the, the people who are afraid to speak up. You know, D is the voice, I guess, of the voiceless, uh, for lack of a better term. But this was a, a real fucking honor. And uh, I'm going to stop blabbing. Let's get into my conversation with D Snyder. And I'll talk to y'all on the other side of it. John, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, good. Never used this before, so this is a lot of fun figuring new technology out. New technology. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll get going because I know you probably got a string of these right after me as well. So don't yeah, take too much of your time. Well, let's go. So I have the pleasure of talking to D. Snyder, whose upcoming album "Leave a Scar" comes out July 30th via Nuclear Blast Records. Nope. And Napalm. No. Napalm, why does it is that one of the pre-orders then is on Nuclear Blast then? Are they affiliated? I don't know. I saw that Nuclear Blast was putting has pre-orders and such such up, unless they're your foreign distributor. Oh well, okay. Well, whatever John says, John, right. the show I'll, is called Brutally. <laughs> so he knows about brutal music. So I, I don't I just thought I was on Napalm. Uh we'll we'll cover both bases. I did see a, a pre-order at least up on Nuclear Blast Records. Uh we'll say it's also out to be a Napalm Records as well. That covers either one, so we can both be correct. Um but yeah, very weird cuz I mean, I know listening to Josta show, he's been pumping it on a, a bunch of different avenues, so I don't know if you have just different distribution. Yeah, like the water thing and everything. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah. I don't I, I don't yeah, it's it's a, it's a whole new world, man. It's a whole <laughs> new world. Speaking of a whole new world, I uh, personally, since I have the time to talk to you, I first off want to start off by saying thank you so much for uh, donating some items to my uh, friend who did the For the Nomads auction during the beginning of the pandemic for out of work uh, touring, you know, road crew and people. Uh, I sent out a tweet. You responded to it very quickly. You got items out to him. They sold. They raised money. So I personally want to thank you for for being a part of that. That meant a lot to me. 
That's cool. You know, it, uh, with this whole pandemic thing, uh, there's so many elements to it that people don't even realize, you know, the cause and effect of, of something like this. And uh, that is one thing, you know, all the people who work for the bands, you yeah. know, just crazy whose livelihoods. My, and my, and it was very personal to me as well. My, my, um, my nephew, uh, Jason uh, Judding, uh, he's a tour manager mm, for okay. a lot of great metal bands. He's worked with, uh, I mean, I, the list is long and glorious. And, uh, <laughs> and I know he was out of work, you know, yeah. just all of a sudden home, kid, wife, like now what? You yeah. know, so uh, that was a tough, it's tough. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, one of those that uh, I, you know, basically we reached out to a lot of different people and it was kind of surprising to see how some people were very quick to react to it and some people were very hesitant and all that. And I, I think it kind of speaks more uh, to the the quality of character of, uh, of, of you and a lot of the other people that donated so quickly and graciously. So just like, again, wanted to say thank you. Um, but kind of, I guess, not really speaking of taking a risk, but, uh, you know, it's funny having been doing a podcast now, I just dropped my 300th episode. We're approaching five years of doing this. Um, it's funny that essentially for the love of metal and, you know, the, the follow-up record basically started because Josh pitched you on his podcast. And I did want to know, because I know a while back you had made the comment about how it was going to take a little longer to do a follow-up that was before the pandemic uh, was coming, but, did the success of that and kind of taking a, a risk so far into your career, did that make you want to take a little bit more risks on this record? You know, well, first of all, uh, yeah, the idea that, that this rebirth, and that's the only way you could describe it. Uh, the only way I could describe it hmm. uh, is uh, comes from a, uh, a crazy idea in jo Jamie Joss's fevered brain, uh, <laughs> a vision that he had of a D Snyder metal record. And that would be embraced by the contemporary metal community. Hmm. And um, I am, you know, the credit I'll take is that I am fearless uh, in that regard, but also I love metal and I, and the fact that I removed myself in 1995, pretty much stopped creating new music uh, like that was really not because I didn't love it and love was happening. I just felt like I had overstayed my welcome partially because it was in my mind that I had and partially because I think there were some reviews who said that said D Snyder has overstayed his welcome. <laughs> so I sort of disappeared, you know, in that regard. I mean, I was doing twisted sister and, you know, but not creating not where I wanted to be. Jamie, saw a place, saw a path and, and brought me to it. I call my Sherpa <laughs> guiding me through the metal mountains. And um, yeah, so that brought me, he brought me there and I, and I love him for that. As far as a follow-up record goes, the truth was that I didn't think I was going to do a follow-up record. And I even told the guys in 2019 management, my band, my family, Jamie, that I, I was done. I wasn't going to do another one. I felt, I said, you know what? Why mess with it? I actually got into the top of the Billboard charts. I had a number one metal album in the world for and and I said, you know what? I should just drop the mic and say thank you, good night, and walk away and do other things. So that was part of me. But then the world went crazy. Um, pandemic, the political turmoil all over the world, not just our country. It's going on all over the world, and I found myself realizing. I had something that I wanted to say, and this was a way for me to say it through the way I've always said it. And for the first time, 
in 25 years, I called Jamie. The only time I've ever used a producer two records in a row. And I said, dude, I want to do this again. I'm ready. Now I, you show me where I belong. I'm ready to go back there and continue on this path. But I want to be a participant beyond the voice, beyond delivering the songs, which is, which, you know, is very real, but I want to be a part of the creative process. So, you know, we came to that and, 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 but now we knew where we were going and Jamie welcomed me into that process. You know, he goes, Hey, you're the one who said you didn't want to be a part of it. And I said, yeah, cause <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know where I fit, but now I get it. Right. I mean, this is maybe a, a odd question. Has anyone else from kind of your, your scene or anybody that you interact with kind of been like, fuck, maybe I, I maybe I should do that. Like, and kind of come with you into something a little bit heavier. I know, there's been someone else at Josta has said that he wants to do something similar for, but I know like just want to know boots on the ground or people coming up to you that you came up with that are like, I think I want to do that. Like, is it given people more of an idea that they, they can the permission to, I guess, you know, um, they should, uh, they should. Um, but I don't know. I mean, how many of them are truly would be able to mm. th- that are, number one, still have the chops and, you know, and, 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 you know, I know that I still have a very strong voice and that was one of the things that motivated Jamie said, I heard you live, dude. You're you're like, you're like, you're like a lion. So he said, your voice is strong as ever and we need your voice. So that was one of the things. The other thing is I have stayed in touch with and kept a passion for metal in all its forms through it all. Since I'm day one metal fan, I was the guy who bought the first Sabbath album, first Zeppelin album, first Cran Funk, first Blue Cheer. When they came out, I'm that old. And uh, it was called <laughs> Hard Rock. And right. I was there as it mutated and changed the metal. My kids were all metalheads, and they've continued, even in Post Twisted, to introduce me, show me, bring me to shows, uh, drag me make me go sing with attack attack on stage. They didn't really have to make me work that hard to do it. As my daughter just said, you're singing with attack attack. It's a band warped to her. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I talked to him on Facebook. I'm like, what, what, what am I doing? And she was, I was like, get out there, dad, you can do it. You know, but kept me connected. And I don't know how many of my peers still have that love that's, you know, for what's new and right. are fearless with us too. And then there is the trust fall. Um, with Jamie, I said, all right, you're going to do this. You go all in and you don't sit there telling, questioning things. You don't sit there, uh, insisting to have your way. And you don't, these words should never come in your mouth. Well, the way I do it, or I used to back when I was re- the minute that these are all things, statements that people from my generation are very quick to make. Uh, that's all that. And that will hamstring you. And Jamie has told me he's tried working with others who did all those things mm. and ultimately killed it mm. because you, you know, you've got to be trusting. You got to love the, what's going on in the world of metal today and embrace it. And the way I truly do. And you got to have the pipes. So while I think Jamie could do miracles for people, I don't wonder how many people could actually, answer all those questions like check 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 let's do it yeah absolutely i mean it is just i don't know it's kind of interesting because you know i talked to dennis DeYoung a couple of about a month ago now and he you know is gonna write put out a new record or has at this point and it's really good and it was just one of those things like he's like you know i know where my fandom is and all this kind of stuff and i'm just like could you could you transition because like you still got a fucking great voice like maybe you could do something a little more in the vein of 
harder rock nowadays or whatever. Like, you I see, think it would be I, that's one of the reasons I stopped writing uh, and creating back in the 90s. Uh, people would, and a twisted reform, it was reunion, it was a reunion, you know. So, but people, there was, there was a certain group of people who would say, Why don't you do a new album? Why do a new album? And I said, Because if a, if a, if a heritage band does a new record and tries to move forward with the times, mm-hmm. they get slammed yeah. for being something they're not. And then if a heritage band tries to put out an album that sounds like the way they always sounded, they get slammed for sounding like they always sounded. Yeah. They're not doing anything new. It's like, and I've seen it a, dozens and dozens of times with heritage bands. And I go, and there was no, if I just said no passion, Kiss would put out an album that sells a hundred thousand copies. Okay. I'm not putting Kiss down for putting a new album out. People aren't, but they don't want that from heritage bands. They want to hear right. the old songs. But now I, so another plus was that I was a solo artist. Mm. I was, I was, I was separate from twisted sisters. So that also, I think helped that people were, could be a little more open to the idea like, okay, this is D Snyder now. Yeah. All right. What is it? Yeah. You know, one of the things I think, you know, and it made a shitload of news uh, was obviously your time to choose a collaboration with a uh, corpse grinder, it does make me wonder, though, because I know the first album obviously had a lot of great vocalists and guests and all that kind of stuff. Um, who is a quote unquote out of the box guest you would like to work with that maybe you haven't yet? I think I've, I've clo- I closed that box. OK, I mean, I did Broadway songs with Patti Lapone. <laughs> and uh, B.B. Newworth and Cindy Lauper uh, and uh, who people I wanted to sing with. I've done I do other theatrical stuff and where I get to sing opera uh, and George Corpse Grinder Fisher was pretty out of the box. And that was my <laughs> idea, by the way. Right. And that was so funny because we were recording Time to Choose and we were in between takes. I said, oh, you know, be great on this. George Fisher. And Jamie goes, George Corpse Grinder Fisher? Assuming that maybe I must know a George Fisher from like the 70s or something. He's <laughs> like a former bass player in Free. You know, so I'm like, yeah, no, Corpse Grinder, yeah. But nobody does that. Right. Nobody uh, from my, not nobody, nobody from my era. They, if they don't even acknowledge that kind of singing, if, if not to put it down and make fun of it. Right. You know, they, that's not singing. That's cookie monster, you know, uh, you know, and all that bullshit. And um, I love metal. And that's one of, that's where me and Jamie stand shoulder to shoulder. Our appreciation of the entire family of metal. Absolutely. And I think that we're stronger as a family. Uh, and like any family, you may not like all your crazy uncles or some of your brothers or sisters, but it's still blood. Mm-hmm. And whether it's black metal, death metal, pop metal, hair metal, it all comes from the same bloodline. It all comes from the same bloodline and it's all family. And we need to, you don't have to like it all, but we should support each other Absolutely. and appreciate and respect each other. And I didn't realize that nobody from my world has ever done that and reached across the aisle and literally and said, Hey man, will you sing with me? He, Jamie said, George was stunned. <laughs> D Snyder wants me on one. Uh, like he couldn't believe it. So I'm really glad I had that brain fart, uh, which is, you know, maybe that's what it was, but it was perfect. I mean, people they're hearing it. They, it was when someone said, this is something I didn't realize I needed mm, <laughs> in yeah. my life was D Snyder and George Corpse Grinder Fisher on the same song. I didn't realize I needed that, but I did. <laughs> you know, something I didn't realize I needed until I saw it uh, however long ago this was, but I've never heard the story of how this came to be. You were on Chappelle's show in the Ask a Black Dude segment uh, with Paul Mooney. (laughs) 
how how did that happen and how is it pitched to you and did you know that the you were basically asking questions for Paul Mooney RIP by the way all right this is this is even your rest in peace Paul this is really uh awesome this story so um I'm people who uh, really followed Twisted Sister. And, uh, you know, uh, there was a video called Leader of the Pack. And in that video, Bobcat Goldthwait from yeah. the, from those move from the uh, police, police academy, academy. Yeah. and comedian. He was in the video. He and I became friends. Mm -hmm. And during the eighties, we hung out a lot. We felt, but we, you know, things happened. People move. He was in California. I was in New York and, and, you know, and, and we just didn't hear from each other. Cut to I'm walking down the street in New York City and I hear, hey, D. Now, first of all, that's basically my life and it's a great life. People recognize me and everybody was like, and they, and uh, some, some production company was doing a reality show said, do they all know you? Like, like they seem so like, hey, D. Like, like they're buddies, you know? And I said, no, nah, it's just kind of the relationship people seem to have with me. I'm like, Norma, cheers. You know, <laughs> like, Norm, you know? So, but I hear, hey, D. I'm like, hey, what's up? And they go, it's Bobcat. And I turn around and there's Bobcat Goldthwait on like on Broadway. And I'm like, hey man, what's going on? He goes, I'm directing this new TV show for Dave Chappelle. And it hadn't come on the air yet. Right. And he and he points down the block, and there's Chappelle. He's standing there. Bob had chased me down the block. And um, he's and he's like, hey, it's up. And he's like, oh, oh, cool. That's great, man. I said, what are you doing? He goes, ah, questions I want to ask. You want to ask a black guy questions, you want to ask a gay guy. I go, oh, that's funny. He goes, You want to do them? I said, all right, go turn on the camera. So I just on the fly, I didn't know it was Paul Mooney. I didn't know it was Mario Lopez. That is no, not Mario, Mario Lopez. Cantone. Mario, yeah, Mario Cantone. Oh, Mario, Mario Lopez isn't gay. We know. Okay. <laughs> is it, but is he, is he really? Anyway, so um, Mario Cantone. And so I just said, all right. And I just spewed out those two things. Mm. It was insane how big though that show became. Because it hadn't aired yet. And then, you remember, he went into his thing where he didn't want to make any more shows. So they just played them over and over and over. It got seen by so many people. For a while there, I was known as the guy, ask a black dude, ask a gay guy, question guy. But that was just, <laughs> just happened to be walking down the street and Bobcat saw me. It was just so funny because I, I always sometimes I'll even use this. And I don't know if anyone's ever told you this. It's sort of embarrassing, but it's like I love the for the the Mario Cantone one. You're like, you can't have this. But like, do you want this? You can't have it. But do you want it? And so sometimes I've used that just like it's like you can't have this. But do, do you want it? I, I need the validation. Like, do you want this? Um, well, of course, Cantone was great because, yeah. he, because he was like. <laughs> it was just no a, we don't want every ass we always see like, you know, it was great and it was and it was actually good to know <laughs> it was just one of those that like i always wondered if somehow because of you being in new york and your ties to just so many different cultures and so forth that basically you were asked and it was sort of set up or if it was just as random as it appeared because obviously we know that those things aren't always as you know, reality TV is not real. Um, so it was one of those, I wasn't sure how much of it was scripted or was really them finding you randomly. And just, there you are. It was purely spontaneous. And yeah. And it's funny when people don't have the, have to fill in the blanks, they usually come up with the wrong answer. They're like, how, like, how did that, you know, how, what the hell that happened? Oh, probably they reached out to D and, you know, and he goes, you know, I mean, but that's what people do. They don't think, oh, I'll bet he was just walking down the street and the guy who was directing the new show happened to be standing there and spotted him, you know, yeah. like, so. 
was definitely definitely something I've always enjoyed. And I, like I said, I've never heard the story of how you got involved with that. So I wanted to ask you that personally. Um, last question for you before I have you plug socials and all that kind of stuff. What track are you most excited for people to hear off of leave, to leave a scar? First of all, we got like five more minutes because oh, they give, okay. yeah, they give me a, they give me like a break. Oh, okay. And I don't know because they think I need to like take a nap or I got to fix my lipstick or something. I don't I, know, but neither. Yeah, okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, actually I did. Okay. I have another question, but since I was a minute left, I was like, all right, I got to cut it out. Um, so legitimately I've, I've always admired you for being just a straight from the hip kind of attitude person, uh, a no bullshit person. And I know that obviously it's permeated into your lyrics. It's permeated into a lot of just you and it seems like as more time has gone on, we'll, and you know, I know the PRM, the PRMC, Jesus PMRC. Christ, why, Jesus Christ, I try to ignore them. So I don't even remember the acronym, but, uh, them, um, but basically it seems like as more time has gone on with a lot of things that you've been outspoken about, you kind of been proven to have a really good track record to be very astute in your observations and what you talk about. Does it kind of piss you off or bum you out that more people don't take what you say to heart immediately? Like when you say it? No, it, it doesn't. I mean, that's just whatever. Uh, but I, some, somebody approached me about doing a radio show uh, called the VOR, the voice of reason, because <laughs> I, 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 I do pride myself that with, with all the, you know, the chatter on the extremes, I try, I, I usually try to, I'm not, I'm not that I'm centrist, but more just try to like sort it out and say, and, and, and be observational and, and 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 speak truths uh you know like the fact that these extremes the loudest voices in the freaking room think they are a movement because they got like 10,000 followers in their facebook group and uh and i'm here to tell you you're not a movement you're a fucking parade okay <laughs> you're a parade there's 7 billion people in the world and the day 10,000 followers becomes a movement that's the day the world ends all right so uh, but but still that, but nobody says that to them right uh, the people just it just you know give them all the spotlight oh they're making a scene and and, the, and it's that it's the the reasonable people in the middle this the center so the, the they, they proven 70 percent of that seven billion are like middle you know they're a little left they're a little right they, they go back and forth but they're in the middle and but no one from this this area is being a voice of reason very often and that's why you say i pretty i make sense but uh, that's because <laughs> i like because i separate the bullshit from the truth right yeah it's just been something that like even as a young kid like just the it's it was so obvious like you know you, they always say the kids have very astute observations because they don't they don't know how to lie they just tell you things as they see them and kids me, are voice of reason they yeah. are voices of reason for sure so definitely growing up in the mtv generation and, and seeing you so often in interviews and so forth and, and essentially growing up with you now as i'm almost you know 40 myself that it's one of those where it's just like I just can't help but smile and look back and be like, D has been so right about a lot of shit and no one fucking listens to him in the moment. And it's, <laughs> it's, I can only imagine like if I see it as a microcosm of in the music industry or whatever industry you're, you're currently a part of or speaking to or about, then I can only imagine it's even more so in your day to day life. And it's just gotta, I would assume be frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it can be, you know, I've, I've done so much, but I'm pretty outspoken and that's what comes with this record as well. Just feeling yeah. like, this, I, I was, I've been, I don't know if I was chosen, or if I took the job or whatever, but I'm the voice for the voiceless. 
uh, too many people are in that middle group and no, they're not, they're not screaming and yelling and raising hell, but they, but they, they need somebody to scream and yell and raise some hell for them. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, even though my life is great and I'm living pretty much, you know, I've been through hell and back, but the other end is the fairy tale. I mean, I'm living happily ever after right now. And so uh, I'm blessed like that, but I realized before I went in to make leave a scar that, this is my job. I was on social media. And it was actually one tweet that said, D, not all of us have the platform or the voice to stand up like you do. What should we do? And I wrote back, get behind me. I got this. <laughs> get behind me. Look, you know, you talk about PMRC. Everything I said, I stood for. Every word I spoke on that day, I've lived Absolutely. and I could go back today and they could check my record and still married, raise my family. I said the parents should take responsibility for the music that kids listen to. When my kid wanted to listen to the Eminem record with Stan on it, he was 10 years old. I went, I listened to it. A, became a fan of Eminem. B, had a great conversation about suicide with my 10-year-old son. Okay, I monitored. I'm the parent. It's my job. Absolutely. Okay, so and and all those things uh, that I stood that I spoke about in, in the 80s, I still have lived today. Meanwhile, Al Gore and his wife are divorced. So, so <laughs> throwing stones at glass houses. <laughs> well, I guess that's as good of a spot to leave off. Uh, thank you. Oh, you so much. Your last question was still good. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I just no. I, like I said, they give me this this cushion, and I sit okay. here. I sit here like this, <laughs> like like drinking water and waiting for the 10 minutes to be up. Like, yeah, I'm rested. All right. So what was the last question? Last question. Just really, you know, what, what song are you most excited for everyone to hear off of to leave a scar? Stand. Mm. Stand. And you, you won't, it won't be pushed as a single or a video uh, probably until, I don't know, a few more are released probably till the fall or later than that. And it, and that's really because it's just like the album. The album is an assault, people. Uh, basically, I punch you and beat you about the head and face for 11 songs. It comes out <laughs> swinging, and the speeds are all up-tempo. And it's boom, 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 bam, boom, 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 bam, boom, boom, bam. And after 11 songs, I stop suddenly. And I go, listen, now that I have your attention, <laughs> I have something I need to tell you. And in that song, it's a ballad. And it's not really a ballad, but that's the best description of it. It's slow. And I start the first verse practically speaking hmm. to you because the message, and that's where the title Leave a Scar comes from. Don't leave your mark. Leave a scar. You know that it's time to speak up. It's time to make your voice heard. Uh, there's the, I, the line in there, no more trusting. That whole thing, I'll trust things will work out. No, no. It's not working. It hasn't worked. No more trusting. Don't leave your mark. Leave a scar. And, and that's the most important message on the record. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. I, uh, like I said, I was glad that I got to at least uh, thank you personally for, for being involved in that uh, fundraising event and uh, the new record. I, got it a little bit ago. So I haven't gotten to through the whole thing, but it's a, uh, it's a great follow-up and, and I, Really, am hoping that uh, some touring will happen for you here in the states, and maybe get Check to see me some out of this. there in 2022. Oh, I want to. I want to add. First of all, congratulations on 300 shows. Thank you. That is, I mean, bravo. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing radio. I, I, I tried a couple of podcasts. Didn't really have my heart in it, and 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 it's, it's an achievement. So good for you, man. Thank you. Um, 
And just tell people that that the pre-orders are going on right now, all sorts of packages, but the album is available on the 30th of July. So you can order it to wake up in the morning and get head punched <laughs> by D Snyder. That's big important. <laughs> yeah. And uh and the other thing is on the 29th, I'm doing a live stream concert event. Mm. Got a thousand vaccinated or tested people, shoulder to shoulder, no mask, real rock. We're letting it rip. New music, plus some twisted favorites, of course, with my new band. I'm so stoked to do this. Haven't played in two years. And go to metaldepartment.tv or just Google D. Snyder live stream. But it's happening on the 29th, and then it will repeat afterwards for a while. So I hope you'll check it out. If you got to rock again like me, Check out Leave a Scar Live. Check out, that's the concert. Check out Leave a Scar, the album. Yeah, I just went to my first festival, first show back, and I took a video of Corn playing, and uh, it went viral as all get up. Uh, it's been weird. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It does. It does. So I'm looking forward to it. So I'll see you all out there, everybody. And uh, thanks, man. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, you as well. All right. Take care. Bye bye. So that was my conversation with D. Snyder. Again, the new album, Leave a Scar, is out now via Napalm Records. Stream it, buy the vinyl. There's some sweet vinyl over on his website, dsnyder.com. Um, just, again, couldn't have been a greater guest. You know, talks at length, isn't afraid to answer questions. I love that I finally got to hear the story of how the Chappelle Show thing happened. Uh, and I can't believe I didn't know Bobcat Goldthwaite uh, basically directed that episode. Um I'm a huge Bobcat fan, so I'm really surprised I didn't know his involvement in Chappelle show, especially, you know, that first season, the first couple episodes. But um, I've always wondered that because I, I thought maybe it was somehow set up and to hear that it was as spontaneous as it seemed was really fucking cool. And the fact that, you know, he even, you know, thinks it's funny and, you know, his reaction to, you know, at the end uh, was really funny. So I, I just really want to take the time to thank D uh, for, for giving me extra time because I tried to cut it off, as you hear, a couple of times. And he just very much was like, I got time. I got time. I got time. Um, so, you know, that kind of just goes to show that he was having a good time uh, doing the conversation. So a uh, huge thanks to D. Uh, if you would like to keep up with him, you can find him on Facebook at Face D. Snyder, Instagram at D. Snyder, Twitter at D. Snyder. And again, DSnyder.com, the landing page for everything that he's got going on. Uh, touring looks like it'll resume for him in 2022, as you heard. So if you get a chance to go see him, do so. Guy still has fucking got it. Uh, he's got a better body than I do at probably half his age. <laughs> um, so definitely, like I said, a testament to just perseverance and all that kind of stuff. So huge thanks to D. And if you would like to keep up with the podcast, simple enough, just head on over to brewspeakpod.com. That is the landing page for everything for this show. And uh, thanks again to our sponsors, On Point Palmade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point. Use our code BSP15. Take 15% off your total purchase order. Rockabilia.com. Head on over there. They have over 500,000 items in their online store. Use our code BREW. Take 10% off your total purchase order. And last but not least is the Bean Bastard. Head on over there. Pick up some delicious coffee. If you live in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their brick and mortar. Support all those guys and gals working there. And uh, for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I'm John. And we'll return next week with another legend in Dennis DeYoung, formerly of Sticks. We'll talk to you next week.